0: Well, we just had Thanksgiving, and again, I hope that you had a good one. I hope it was great. I hope you enjoyed your, whatever you had, whether it's stuffing, mashed potatoes, gravy with the turkey, with the corn, with the cranberry sauce, all in one bite, okay, Thanksgiving, all right? You know what I'm talking about, okay? I saw this a couple weeks leading up to Thanksgiving. They actually have an ice cream flavor that has all those flavors, even the turkey in it. And I'm like wondering what in the world that is, you know, turkey-flavored ice cream. I'm not sure. (laughs) One of the things that's been happening over the last few years, several years, uh, as it relates to Thanksgiving, um, well, this is going back more than several. This is going back years and years. Uh, the, The retailers have created an urgency for us to purchase items after Thanksgiving, and what happened was it started off kind of innocently where people thought, well, you know, Thanksgiving's over and it's time to get, get on with getting ready for Christmas. So let's get up on Friday after Thanksgiving and let's go out and buy our Christmas presents. Well, what happened was over the years, the retailers noticed that they were getting so much sales on that Friday that it was putting them in the profit margin for the year. And so they called it what? Black Friday. Ever wonder why it's called Black Friday? That's why it's called Black Friday. Well, they just kept on creating urgency and urgency in that sales process of, hey, we're gonna give you this door buster deal. And, it, and, and it, it, they moved Black Friday, it used to be, you used to open up around, they started doing it at 5 a.m., right? And you just get you out there at 5 a.m. because you're gonna get this, you know, a $1 TV or something. And then they moved it up to 3 a.m. because they were just creating, it's just the whole process of creating more and more urgency. And then they said, well, you know, 3 a.m. is not good enough. We're going to move it all the way up to midnight on Thanksgiving night. And as, it, as, as we've gone on in years, they said, no, that's not even good enough. We're moving it all the way up to Thursday night. We're going to have not Black Friday, but we're going to have Black Thursday now. And uh, so they started having the doorbuster deals at 5 p.m. on Thanksgiving night. Well, I have to tell you, I've never done Black Thursday, Thanksgiving night thing. I've never done it. But I've been intrigued. I've been, I've been curious about it. So Thursday night, my brother-in-law Sammy and I got in the car. <laughs> and we went up to Best Buy at 5.30. The doors opened at 5, but we got there at 5.30 because I just wanted to see what was going on. And we got there. There was still a line to get into the Best Buy. There and so we went through the line and yeah, Best Buy. This wasn't a, this is was just a random picture that I got off the internet, but you have the idea. This is pretty much what it looked like the other night. So we got into the Best Buy and it was unbelievable. I've never seen a Best Buy with more people. You could barely walk in the aisles. I mean, people were in there and they were going crazy. They were grabbing devices and tablets and iPads and TVs. I saw one guy you know going out to his vehicle with like two and three TVs. He's like, "Don't you have a TV? No, we've got to get three or two or three more." And and it was crazy. They did have a great deal. They had a 50-inch LED for 199. And a Panasonic and, and, and those deals were gone like within like you know the first couple minutes, you couldn't get one of those. So, anyways, people were grabbing devices and, and, and it and it was great, it was wild. Now, as people were out there looking for their technological devices as if they didn't have one, <laughs> what I want to talk to you tonight about is the best device. Ever. It's the best device available to Christians, and you already have it. Amen. You already have it in your possession, and it's called prayer. Prayer. We have this awesome communication device called prayer, but Christians just need to know how to use it. Amen. They just need to know how to use it. It's a spiritual warfare device. It's a spiritual warfare communication device. It's the device that is fundamental to the armor of God. How do you use this spiritual warfare communication device called prayer? What well, the Apostle Paul tells us how right here in Ephesians 6. So let's look at how to use our spiritual warfare communication device And if you're taking notes, the first point is this. Use your spiritual warfare communication device. Let's pick it up, verse 18. In Ephesians 6, it says this. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known... The mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. In this little mini uh, series within the book of Ephesians, we've been having this little spiritual warfare series, and within this spiritual warfare series, we've learned that there is that we're in a war. That we're in a war, that we're in a battle, and that we've got to be ready for the war. And there's too many Christians today that are not ready for the war. They're sitting on the sidelines. They don't, they don't have the proper armor. They don't, they don't know how to use it. They're, they're sitting, and they just don't know what's going on. And we've been encouraged to understand some things about this warfare and to be ready for it. We've been encouraged to understand that the warfare, the first thing is the battle's the Lord's. Amen? It's the the Lord's battle. And if we're on the Lord's side, then we're on the winning side because we've read all the way to the end of the book. Amen? The second thing we learned is this, that it's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual war. It's not a physical war. And we talked about how there have been many groups down through the course of history that have tried to fight their religious thing out in physical battles, physical wars. But God has not called us to a physical battle. He says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual hosts of darkness in heavenly places. And so we talked about that last week, this hierarchy of spiritual principalities. That have geographic uh, 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 principalities over areas throughout the globe, and that we need to be ready for this. And one of the things that we learned last week, too, as we went forward in that, is putting on the armor of God, and that we need to take a stand in this battle. There's too many people that aren't taking a stand because they're not putting on the armor of God. And we talked about how, in how do you take a stand for Christ in this day? You take a stand by putting on the armor. By putting on the belt of truth, by putting on the shoes of the gospel of peace, by putting on the breastplate of righteousness, by putting on the the helmet of salvation, and taking up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. In taking up all that armor of God, you are taking a stand for Christ. You're standing there with truth. You're standing there with his righteousness. You're standing there with his salvation on your mind. And you've got the word of God in your hand ready to be used, in your mouth, in your spirit. And God's going to give you, remember we talked about the short sword, the, the short sword of, of God's word. That it's that rhema word that as we go through the word, then God's going to give us the word that we need at the exact time and the exact moment that we need it. Yeah. Now tonight we're talking about one more thing in this whole thing called the armor of God. And it's the communication device Of This armor and it's called prayer and what Paul does here in verse 18 is he says this he says praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. So what Paul does here. Well, first of all, he tells us to pray always. Well, when first of all, you got to go back and look at what what is prayer to begin with people get intimidated by prayer. I, people don't know how to pray. People are scared of, pray, of praying. Um, they don't know how to pray. Um, it's, it's, And the thing that we need to realize as Christians is that prayer is simply our communication device for speaking to and hearing from God. Prayer is that medium, that vehicle, that device in which we speak to God and we hear from God. Amen? We have that dialogue with the Lord. Now today, most of us have a communication device that we keep on our persons at all times. Um, now most most of you have a, what's called a smartphone, right? Now there were, there were some holdouts, people who th- thought they were too sophisticated for having a smartphone. But one by one, they're going down and they are all joining the ranks of the 2 billion people on the face of the earth that have a smartphone. Can you believe that? Two billion people, almost five, close to five, just under five billion actually have a cell phone. Uh, This is the fours, four and a half, I believe. But two billion have a smartphone. Now, one of the things that's cool about a smartphone is it gives you access to communication at all times. And that can be, I guess, a negative uh, uh, in some circles. But uh, it gives you that communication access at all times. And that's exactly what prayer is. Um, you know when you get a when you get one of these and you open it up and and, um, and and you go through that whole process of turning it on and getting it all worked out. You're so excited about it. oh look at this look at what I can do. You know I can talk and I can chat and I can I can video FaceTime and stuff. And 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 we were just driving down the, the, the in the car the other day. Mary Jo is sitting in the other seat and we're talking and we're FaceTiming with my sister who's in Rhode Island. And here we are like on the highway and I'm going ah oh, you know and I'm driving and and there's Mary joe you know having a facetime and we're in the vehicle we're we're living in the future we're we're living in those times that we used to think about and talk about hey is isn't it going to be great when we can just actually talk to people on video yeah that's where we live right now and prayer is simply that device that aspect where we communicate with god just like we use this to communicate with our loved ones with our friends we use it for business we use it for all kinds of purposes. But that's what prayer is. Prayer is communicating with God. In fact, take it one step further. Prayer is really your relationship with God. Prayer is your relationship with the Lord. And that's why you need to fall in love with prayer. Amen? You need to fall in love, just like you fell in love with that smartphone when you opened it up. You need to fall in love with prayer because it's, it's that 24-7 access that we have to the throne of heaven. Amen? And, and, and what do you need to do? You know, there's a lot of people that get these phones and they don't know all that it can do. They don't know. These phones are so sophisticated now, it's amazing what they can do. They're shooting movies on these iPhone 6s. The cameras are so good, and the video quality is so good, the HD video quality. They're shooting commercials and things. You don't even know you're watching TV and watching commercials that were shot with an iPhone and you don't even know it. That's how sophisticated these things are. But you know what? You don't need to know every ins and outs of, of the device to be able to use it. And you don't need to know everything uh, in terms of uh, you know, just being this you know, incredible prayer person to just start praying and start communicating with God on a regular basis. Prayer, in, in, in a sense, too, is how we take up the armor of God. We take up the armor of God in prayer. Prayer. We take up the belt of truth. We take up the, the breastplate of righteousness. We, we put that firmly in place. We, through prayer, uh, through prayer, we, we have that helmet of salvation and the, the shoes of the gospel of peace. And, and we take up the word of God in, in prayer. Now, the encouragement in verse 18, this is what Paul says about prayer. He says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. So this is one of those phrases that really kind of spooks people about prayer. <laughs> because it says praying always. And people are like, praying always? I'd like to start praying. But he's, he's just going, he's just going straight for the kill here. You know, he said, you know, don't just get started praying, but pray all the time. Pray always. And 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 it's incredible because this is what we need to do as prayer becomes our relationship with the Lord and our way of communicating with the Lord. He says, pray always with all supplication and prayer in the spirit. Now, Paul encourages us here in... Ephesians 6.18, pray always. And it's very reminiscent of another verse of Scripture where Paul encouraged the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. He told the Thessalonians always to pray without ceasing. So he's telling the Ephesians pray always. He told the Thessalonians to pray without ceasing. Now this intimidates a lot of people about prayer, but it shouldn't intimidate because we're going to, we're going to take a look at what it means to pray always and to pray without ceasing. Uh, if you took it literally to pray always, then we'd all just have to quit our jobs and quit our everything, and you know, go become monks and sit up in a tower somewhere, and have people slip our food under the you know under the uh, thank you under the door, and, and, and slip us our you know porridge or bread or whatever, and, and we'll just sit up in our in our um, towers. And, and go nuts. And that's what happens with those people. They literally go bonkers and they have to go find them and save them from this, this solitude. Because we were meant to be with people. Amen. We were meant as fellowship uh, beings. Um, and so this is part of that aspect. That we're meant to communicate with the Spirit of God. As fellowship beings. As beings that were created to fellowship. We're meant to fellowship and communicate with God and And, and that 's what uh, we need to realize, and so Paul told the Thessalonians he says, "Pray without ceasing um, now it 's pretty much impossible to literally pray always or without ceasing, so let me point out two ways. ...to do this, okay, if you're taking notes. In studying the Lord's Prayer, now there was a time when the disciples came, they saw Jesus praying all the time. They, they would see Jesus getting up in the morning and, and going off in, in times of solitude and prayer. And um, in, in, the, in the Gospels, if you follow the, the those occasions, a lot of times... Uh, Jesus would come back from a time of prayer, a time of solitude, and he, and they would go right into another occasion where God, uh, God, through Christ, would display His mighty acts and His mighty power. And I could imagine that the disciples looking on, going, "Hmm, he goes and gets alone in prayer, and then he comes out and he does all this stuff. Wow. Hey God. Hey Lord." teach us to pray <laughs> right teach us to pray and that's what the disciples said they said teach us to pray and he gives us the model prayer now some people have taken it so far as to say okay we need to recite that prayer and i don't believe that that's really what jesus is saying he's not saying prayer is not magic words on, you know to memorize and, and to say prayers like that you know um, certain groups you know go say You know, so many Hail Marys or whatever, five our fathers or whatever it is. No, he says, when you pray, pray like this, like this. He didn't say, recite these words. And and he said, when you pray, pray like this. And so what he did was he gave us a model prayer. He gave us a model prayer. And so, you will remember how when we ask the Lord for things in our life, in our world, um, one of the things that we pray for, that God taught us to pray for in that model prayer, is he said this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? So, this is the Lord's teaching us to pray. And one of the very first things after we hallowed be thy name, which is, Praising God and reverencing God and, and giving thanks to the Lord and honoring him for who he is and what he's done. Hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So after we've praised the Lord, after we've honored the Lord, after we've done all that, we've thanked the Lord for everything. The very next thing that we do in prayer is that we pray for his will to be done. That's already perfected in heaven and for that will to be done on the earth. Amen? So if that's the very first thing that we do in prayer, that when we get up from prayer, after we've asked for the daily bread, after we've asked to be delivered from evil, after we've asked for forgiveness and to forgive, then what we need to do is when we get up from prayer, we need to walk out what we prayed. We need to walk out. We need to be a part of God bringing his will from heaven to earth. Because that's what we just prayed for. We said, God, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And so the prayer never stops after we say amen. It keeps going because now we're going out to forgive our debtors. Because he's forgiven us. We're going out to forgive we're going out to be led away from temptation and, 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 and the enemy because that's what we've just prayed. We're going out to see God's provision coming into our lives on that day and in that week and in that month and in that year. Why? Because we've prayed, give us this day our daily bread. And so one of the ways that we pray without ceasing is that we have those times in prayer, we have those moments of communication in prayer, praying for his will to be done. But when we get up prayer from the amen, then we become a part of the answer to prayer as God brings his will to be done on the earth through us as his soldiers under his command. Amen? And that's what we're learning to be. And so... That's one of the ways that we can pray without ceasing. Now, secondly, to pray without ceasing, the idea, I think, comes really from the language, in the language of the phrase there in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, where Paul says to the Thessalonians, pray. This is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus to pray without ceasing. Amen? And in the the verb there, the adverb, without ceasing, was used in, in the Greek for a hacking cough... And if you've ever had a hacking cough, it's one of those things where you just have that rat, rasp in your uh, voice all day. And it just kind of comes up. And, goes, <laughs> and, you know, you've had those days where the cough is just continually coming. Right. And that's the idea. When the when the cough prevents, presents itself, you cough. Amen. Even when you're in one of those quiet, you know, you're in a business meeting and you got that rasp and you're, like, <laughs> and you're over there trying to clear your throat. Why? you got to clear your throat because you got that rasp in your in your throat. And just like that, cough would present itself to you. Those opportunities of prayer present themselves to you in, in moments as you go throughout the day. And as you use that opportunity to cough and clear your throat, you use that opportunity to pray and to be a person who goes before the throne of heaven. And so we want to be those people that, um, you know, when people are talking to us about their needs or whatever, well, let's pray right now. You know, hey, I'm, I've got a headache. Well, here's some ibuprofen, and let's pray, amen? You know, there's, there's just that, hobby. you know, it's too many times we, we just look at it like, hey, we're just going to, you know, we're going to go at this from the physical. But I think as Christians, God wants to get us in a mode. He wants to get us in a direction of being those type of people that it's time to pray, and let's pray. And, and you know, it doesn't have to be a long prayer. It doesn't have to be. It can be, but it doesn't have to be a super long prayer. In fact, when Jesus talked about prayer Matthew 6, he says, "Don't think that God's going to hear you because you keep repeating everything in prayer. Don't do that," he says. He says, "Don't don't don't go through all these vain babblings and this re- this repetitive stuff. He says, "Don't do that. God knows what you have need of before you even open up your mouth. We need to treat God like he's God instead of some you know, genie, you know, in a bottle that comes out, you know, have you seen that commercial now, genies are literal, right? The guy's standing in his garage, he, he rubs a, a a lamp or something, a genie pops out and he goes, you, you may have your wish now. And he's like, oh, really, really? I got a genie? I, you know, I got a wish? Okay, I want a million bucks. And then the genie goes, okay. And there's like a million head of deer, you know, in, in the front lawn, you know, because genies are literal, <laughs> God knows what you have need of before you pray. So we can treat God like he's God when we bow our heads to pray, when we say, hey, let's go ahead and pray about this. Let's talk to God like he's the supreme being of the universe. Heavenly Father, God, right now we just call upon your name. We come before your throne of grace, and we ask you to deal with this situation. We ask you to heal this person. We ask you to intervene. We don't have to go through all these vain repetitions Jesus says, like the heathen does. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. Look it up in Matthew 6. Amen? <laughs> yeah, when you're preaching the word, you just stand behind the word and say, you know what, I'm not saying this. It's Jesus. If you've got a problem, you take it up with him. Pray without ceasing. Pray all day. When it, pray when the opportunity presents itself. Psalm 55, verse 16. I've got it up on the screen for you. And he says this, As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon I will pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. Amen? And so that's a good example of that aspect there that we see in the Psalms. Now... In order to be ready and vigilant in this battle, Paul says that we should pray always in the Spirit. But go back there to, to verse 18 of chapter 6 of Ephesians. He says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. The, the NIV, if any of you have that version, it says this pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Is that right? Anybody got the NIV? Raise your hand, cheer, give me three cheers. Yes. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions. So what does praying in the spirit mean? We've learned a little bit about what it means to pray always. What does it mean to pray in the spirit? If I knew what praying in the spirit meant, I might be able to do it more, you said. You say you want to learn about these aspects of prayer, praying always and praying in the spirit. So what does it mean? One commentator put it this way in the interpreters commentary. He says praying in the spirit is praying In the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit, in the presence of the Spirit, and in the knowledge and awareness of the Spirit of God. And so we pray with the knowledge and awareness of the Spirit of God's presence with us. We pray in the Spirit. Now let me take you to another text in Romans 8. It's a famous passage dealing with prayer and Not only praying in the Spirit, but praying with the help of the Spirit. So not only can you pray in the Spirit, but you can pray with the Spirit's help. And this is what Paul said to the Romans in verse 26. You'll see it up on the screen. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Verse 27, he says, now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And so we need to pray in the Spirit and then we need to rely on the Spirit because even in our weakness, the Spirit helps us in our prayer and that he even makes intercession for us, that the Spirit prays for us. The Lord is an intercessor. This is actually seen in the the Old Testament tabernacle in the incense. The golden altar of incense that is always before the veil, before the throne. And it speaks. And the incense was that aspect that they always had to keep incense burning before the throne. And that speaks of the intercessory prayer of the Lord on our behalf. And so want to read a, a great prayer of Jesus on behalf of you, you go to John chapter 17 and sit down with that chapter and just see the Lord, one of the Lord's prayers, one of Jesus's prayers, where he prays specifically for you and and uh, all believers. Amen. And it's an incredible prayer. But here, Paul is talking to the Romans and he's saying, look, you the, the, the Spirit will help you, you will pray in the Spirit, and the Spirit will help you in your weakness, because sometimes we don't even know how we ought to pray, and we can admit that. That might be a good place to start in prayer. If you don't know what to pray, just say, Lord, I don't, even know. I don't even know how to pray. Maybe you're faced with a situation. Maybe you're faced with a decision. Maybe it's an important decision. It's a real estate decision. It's a business decision. It's a career decision. It's some kind of decision where you just don't know. Go to the Lord and say, look, I don't know, but I need you to pray, and I need the intercession of the Lord, and I need you to make this clear, and I need you to set before, before me either a closed door or an open door, and, and, and just let it be so that I would know What you want. Now, praying in the Spirit means that the Spirit helps us in prayer as well. And and the Spirit will pray for us in our weakness. And one more thing: the Spirit of God gives us access to the Lord. Amen. It's it's through the Spirit that we have access to the Lord. How do you know that? Well, earlier in our pat in our book, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18, you'll see it on the screen. Paul said this. He said, for through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. And so through the spirit, we have access to the Father. And so, so we go, that's, it's, it's, we've gone interdimensional when we've, when we've entered into prayer. Amen? We've gone beyond 4D. We've gone into the fifth dimension. You talk about interstellar. You know, and they they go in the movie, he goes through a black hole, which I don't know how that happens. I'm assuming this is a dream of some kind at the end, but he goes to, and he goes into the fifth dimension. We have the opportunity to go into the fifth dimension all day long as we go to the Lord in prayer. We've gone interdimensional. We've gone hyperdimensional. Amen. And wow, that is awesome. Think about it, folks. Think about what we have access to in the Lord. Through the Spirit, access to the Father. Wow. Now, Paul goes on in other places. He says the Spirit gives us confidence when we pray. You say, well, I don't have confidence when I pray. Well, the Spirit should give you confidence when you pray. Look at it in Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 15. You'll see it on the screen. It says this, for you did not receive a spirit of bondage, again, to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, and the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And so when you go to the Father, who do you, he said, Jesus said this, when you pray, pray like this, our Father. He told you the relationship right from the very start. He told you what the relationship is in prayer. The Spirit gives us the spirit of adoption whereby we cry out, Abba, Father. Yes. That's how we cry out, our Father who art in heaven. Abba, Father. And and it's the spirit of adoption that we have. It's the spirit of adoption that we have that gives us confidence that we can go to the, our Heavenly Father. And you should have that confidence as a believer. You should have that confidence. I talk to a lot of Christians, maybe young in the faith, maybe people that never grew in the faith. Look, you have, you have the, the spirit of adoption in you that you can go to the very throne room of grace. The throne room of God, you can go to the throne of grace. You can go to the very mercy seat. You can go to the place that only one man, in the Old Testament, only one man, one day a year could go. And he had to tie a rope around his ankle because if he if something messed up, he could keel over and die and they would have to drag him out of the Holy of Holies. As he was making the atonement for the sins of the nation, We have that opportunity. You have that opportunity. You've been given the spirit of adoption. You're a priest unto God. You can go directly into the throne room of God. And by the spirit of adoption, we cry out, Abba, Father. Amen. You talk about an awesome spiritual device that we have. Yeah, they got some cool TVs over there at Best Buy. They got got a new one out there. It's 2160p. Okay, so if you've got a 1080p resolution TV, which has pretty much been the state of the art, they've just doubled it on you. <clears throat> okay? Well, we've got a spiritual warfare communication device. When we came on board with the Lord, he outfitted us with this device. Amen? Amen? We should be praying, we should be always praying in the Spirit and supplication. Okay, so we've covered praying always, we've covered praying in the Spirit. Back to verse 18, okay, we're still in verse 18, all right? You know, the rest of it we're going to cruise right through, okay? We're hanging out here in verse 18. With all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. What is supplication? Supplication means a need, uh, a seeking an asking. A, it's a prayer on behalf of a need. We make we make a supplication. We make a request known to God. We we we, we enter therefore the the throne room boldly, making our request to God. We make our supplication. We make our request. And this is that aspect of prayer where Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this. And he says, give us this day our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. And God wants to give us what we have need of. He knows that we are human beings. He knows that we need bread daily. We, he knows that we need sustenance. He knows that w- what we have need of. And he, and he says to bring the supplication, bring the request to the Lord. And so what you have need of, you bring it to the Lord. And then when someone else brings a need, you, you, you can bring that supplication. You can pray for others. It's a, it's a, that's an intercession. It's an intercession supplication. Amen? And so we make the, the re- request known to God. Now let's move on from verse 18. No, no, no. Let's stay right in 18. Amen? Everyone said amen. 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 We're staying right in 18. Because we're, we're going to the second point. The first point was use your spiritual communication warfare device. Amen? Use your spiritual warfare communication device. The second point is this tonight. Sign up for alerts. Sign up for alerts, okay? Okay, you guys with me tonight? You guys with me? Sign up for alerts. Look at that, second half of 18. He says this, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So, okay, when you got your smartphone, you turned it on, you got your thing, you made your call, you started entering phone numbers and all that good stuff, and then you said, oh, look at this, I can go to the app store, and I can get all these apps. And as soon as you started downloading the apps, you you opened up the app, and what did the app ask you to do? To turn on the notifications for alerts, right? And you had to decide whether you wanted the notification of the alerts for that app. Like in Facebook, or one of the things, it'll let you know when somebody's made a post or something. Or if it's a sports app, like a baseball scoring app or something. During baseball season, you can get, you know, I think Trey had, you know, four or five different baseball teams on alert and everything. And he go, oh, the Dodgers just scored. And I'm like, what? You know, why? Because he's he's signed up for the alerts, right? He's on watch. <clears throat> So we need to activate the alerts on our device. Amen? We need to sign up for the notifications. We need to be on alert. We need to be on watch. And this is the way Paul puts it. He says, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Amen? If we're going to be vigilant and ready for this battle that we're in, if we're going to be continual in prayer, we need to be alert. We need to be watchful. Watching and prayer go hand in hand. Prayer and watching, watching and prayer. And this is where Jacob always gets me, because we'll tell him, bow your head, we're going to pray for the food. And he's just over there going, yeah, you know, we don't have to close our eyes, we don't have to close our eyes. And I'm like, okay, you're right. <laughs> because I can't prove it biblically that he needs to close his eyes, because it says, we watchful in prayer, right? So if if God, amen. Be watchful in prayer. Let me read this passage in Matthew chapter 26. This is, this is um, Jesus is going to prayer, and he's taking some of the disciples. This is leading up to the arrest, the arrest of Jesus. In, in Matthew 26, beginning at verse 37, it says this, and he took, speaking of Christ, and he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, that's James and John, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. And then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. This is what Jesus said. He said, Stay here and watch with me. He went a little farther and he fell on his face and he prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, What? What? Could you not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Have you ever fallen asleep trying to pray? Amen. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Amen. You're a good, you're right in there with all the great disciples. Amen? Peter and James and John, all the greats. Fell asleep when Jesus asked them to watch and pray. And He says, look, I want you to watch and pray. You you need to be on alert. You need to be on alert. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. We need to keep our alerts open. We need to keep our notifications on. We We need to be in the spirit so that we can sense what's going on and that we can watch and pray. Part of watching and praying is having that alert on and having that notification on that you have that spiritual sensitivity that says, you know what, we need to pray about this. And as you grow in the Lord, you learn. The enemy comes in. The enemy comes in, he comes in, he, he, he tries to bring division. Whenever, there's, whenever you begin to sense chaos and division and things happening, you know, who, you know who it is. You know who it is and you need to be watchful to the alert and to the notification that's happening and you need to go to the Lord in prayer. Now, sometimes we're a little bit slow with this. And I'll be the first to admit, you know. Things don't seem right. Things don't seem right. Mary Jo, what's going on? What's going on? I don't know. You know? Kids are out of control, whatever. I don't know what's going on. No? As you grow in Christ, you'll learn. The enemy comes in like a flood. we got to raise up a standard. we got to be watchful in prayer. we got to go to the Lord in prayer. we got to dispatch the heavenly hosts. When Daniel prayed, I talked about this last week. When Daniel prayed... And he fasted and prayed for 21 days. And 21 days later, the angel came and said, I was held up because of the prince of Persia. The, the principality in, spirit, in the, the spiritual darkness over Persia withstood the angel that was dispatched to, to Daniel to give him understanding in the spirit. And Michael, the archangel, was dispatched to to battle against that spiritual force. And so what we need to do is we need to dispatch the heavenly host as well. And this is something I pray all the time. I pray, just Lord, dispatch a legion over here. You know, you know Jesus, you know, the Lord can command. He said it, he said it going to the cross. He says, I, I could have got down off the cross. I could, have, I could have called 12 legions of angels. He could have come and taken him right down off the cross. Now, he stayed on the cross. He laid his life down. He stayed on the cross because of his love for you. But the power uh, in prayer to dispatch the heavenly host to battle, to do battle in the spirit. Amen. Amen. To be watchful. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Oh, we want to pray, we want to pray, we want to pray, but you know, the food is good and the movie is great and this is fun and the beach is, you know. What we got to do, folks, is we've got to just integrate prayer completely and saturating through our entire day and, and, and just through and through. I mean, wake up in the morning in prayer, go to sleep at night in prayer, and then just pray without ceasing all the day through, and and be on alert. Amen. Okay. Well, I'm on, I'm done. One more thing, he says. Um, he says, pray, "The last point is this, verse nineteen: pray for boldness. Pray for boldness." He says, "And for me." Okay, he says, pray for the saints. Let me back up. We want to pray. I have a little list of the things we need to pray for, so if you want to write these down. Pray for your own life. Pray for your own life that, 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 that the Lord would lead you and keep you. Amen? Pray for our families. Pray for our wives and our sons and our daughters and our extended family and we need to pray and we need to pray for the church. Amen. He says for the saints, right? You read that and you said, "Well, that's somebody else." No, that's you. Amen. The church. And then we need to pray for the lost. We need to pray for the lost. Amen. Because they don't know God. They don't know God and we need to pray for them. And this is what Paul said in verse twenty, in nineteen and twenty. He says, "And, and for me, the, that the utterance may be given to me that I may be open, that I may open my mouth to boldly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. That in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak." We need to, folks. We need to. This is the word for today. This is the word for today because we're living in a critical time. And we need to take up the armor of God as Christians in this day. And we need to take up that armor and we need to put it on. And we need to pray without ceasing. And we need to pray with all supplications for the saints. And we need to pray as Paul prayed and he requested this prayer of the Ephesians. He says, pray for me that when I open my mouth, words may be given to me that I may may be able to make known the mystery of the gospel. Pray for me that when I go out and I talk to this person and that person that I may be able to deliver the life-saving gospel of Jesus Christ and make it known to people. I used to sign my, all my letters and emails with this passage for years and years and years. I don't know why I stopped. I need to go back to that. Pray also for me that whenever I open up my mouth that words may be given to me that I may make, make known the mysteries of the gospel. Now look at that, verse 20. He says, for, for which I am an ambassador in chains that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. You know, this is a perfect example where Paul, it's a perfect opportunity. Paul is requesting prayer that he may be bold in the spirit to speak the gospel And and that he's an ambassador in chains. This is a perfect opportunity for Paul to make a request, hey, pray for me that I come out of these chains. Pray for me that God delivers me out of these chains. But no, he doesn't pray that. (laughs) <laughs> he says, Pray for me that when I open my mouth, words may be given to me that I may make known the mystery of the gospel. Why? Because Paul led people to Christ in the prison. Yeah. Go back to when they went, remember when they were in Philippi, him and Silas? And they had the nighttime prayer session and worship session right there in the jail. In the phil- and you know what's awesome about that story? When they were in the Philippian jail, this is a lot of Christians forget this. They were beat to nearly an inch of their lives. Their backs were split open with blood. You go read the whole context. And they were sitting in the stocks in the Philippian jail and and it says, and Paul and Silas worshipped the Lord. And they sought the Lord. And they burned the incense and the midnight oil. You want to talk about burning midnight oil? Burning the midnight oil, giving praise and thanks to God. And an earthquake came. God brought it about that they were, they were able to walk out of that jail. And the, the you know the story. The jailer comes in scared to death. that The, 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 the jail's been opened up. And he's going to lose his job and lose his life. Because all the prisoners have been set free. And Paul cries out to him, just as he's about to kill himself, he says, don't do it, we're here, we're here. And that day, the warden of the Philippian jail got saved, and his whole family came to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? So what does Paul pray for? Paul doesn't pray to be released. He knows that Jesus is going to release him from prison if if he wants him released from prison. Paul says, pray for me that when I open my mouth, I can deliver the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what I want want you to pray for, for me. And we need to pray for each other. We need to pray for each other that when we open our mouths, that we might be able to deliver the glorious mystery of the gospel of Jesus Christ.